Thank you, choir. Well, I got down from the baptistry. Amen. I was kind of worried I left my Bible on the platform, and Steve Barton said, uh, I took your notes out of your Bible, and so I grabbed my Bible and checked. Last week, I was talking to Marshall, and I told Marshall about a prank that some guys, young children in Oklahoma played. They got some goldfish, and they uh, let some goldfish loose in the baptistry. So when the pastor went in there to baptize, there were goldfish swimming around, and Marshall said, uh, I like that idea. So I checked real careful today. No goldfish. You know, things get you fired up to preach. Man, it doesn't take much to get me fired up. But I, uh, I tell you, things that matter are what matter for the kingdom. Boy, when God's in it, when God's on it, folks know it. I went to a church one time to preach a revival. And at this particular church, I got there and they said, now, now preacher, we've got a preacher's room for you to go to, and it's down in the basement. You go down in the basement and you get in this room, and that is the place where you're to pray and get fired up and to get ready to preach. So they took me around and down and went down and to the basement and they took me into the most dreary, gray, dark room. I said, boy, Lord, this is a place for a funeral not to get ready to preach. So I got in there and looked around and, and I saw a window up kind of high. So I got on a chair and I stood and I looked out the window and I could see a red flashing light next door. And I saw a bunch of cars over there and I, I saw a crowd of people in the parking lot. I said, oh Lord, that looks like a den of iniquity. And so then I kind of positioned myself and I, I saw the rest of, of the sign. It was a red flashing sign that said, hot now. I said, Lord, I know what that is. So I left that dark, dreary room and I just kind of walked over there. I said, I'll take three hot ones right now. Man, those crispy cream donuts just melted in my mouth. I went back over there, and man, I was fired up to preach. Had to wipe the glaze off my mouth. You know, it's very biblical. You know what manna was? It was a Krispy Kreme donut. You read the Amplified Bible, all right? You read it. It says there was a white, you know, flaky substance on the ground. Man, there were donuts everywhere. Every morning, God put the hot sign on. Oh, boy, isn't it good to know the Lord, I tell you. 
I was uh, getting ready to preach and I done some research about marriage because we're going to look at John chapter 2 and the wedding feast in Cana. And I was thinking about all that couples go through in marriage. Uh, you know, uh, when you get married, aren't you glad God doesn't show you the whole road? I mean, I, I saw those pictures early. You know, when you first get married, you just optimistic and everything's great. The world's just perfect. Uh, you think he's the best thing you've ever seen. And, you know, he, he thinks you're, you know, Miss America. It's just all wonderful. I heard the story, though, about one woman. Her name is Mona Reston. Mona Reston was on trial for the murder of her third husband. So the DA, district attorney, asked her, what happened to your first husband? Mona replied, he died of mushroom poisoning. How about your second husband? Mona replied, he died of mushroom poisoning. And then the DA said, what about the third husband? Mrs. Reston said, he died of a fractured skull. The prosecutor said, why did that happen? She responded, he didn't particularly like mushrooms. <laughs> you know, I, I tell that joke, Pam, you served me mushrooms last Thursday night. <laughs> I get wobbly up here, you know what, what happened. You know, when you first get married, you love to talk. You love to communicate. I heard about a guy named Mr. Bettis. And Mrs. Bettis had laryngitis. And so Mr. Bettis said, I've, I've got something here that's going to help us out. You tap one time means yes. You tap twice, it means no. You tap three times, it means I love you. And if you tap 149 times, it means take out the garbage. I thought about that for Ken and Wilma. I don't know if that would work or not. Oh, I tell you, in the Word of God, we have a great story today about, about a wedding. So I want you to take your Bible and find John chapter 2. John chapter 2. We're going to look at the first miracle that Jesus ever did. Now I'm going to preach today on the power of transformation. The power of transformation. John chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. I submit to you that verse number 5 
may be the greatest verse for the Christian life in all the Bible. Whatever He tells you to do, you just do it. You know, the thing about weddings, the unexpected happens. Uh, Pam and I, we got married in 1982. And there at our wedding, we had some friends of ours that did the unexpected. I, I had a white tuxedo on. I look at the pictures now, I look like Colonel Sanders, you know, standing there. <laughs> and I had a pair of white patent leather uh, Pat Boone shoes on, and the soles were black. And so they, they got those shoes, and on one they wrote, Help. And on the other, they wrote me. And so when I knelt down at the altar to pray, everybody started laughing. I thought I'd torn my britches. <laughs> Strange things happen at weddings. I've, I've seen everything. I've seen grooms about pass out. You know, brides are usually cool, calm, and collected. It's the groom that you've got to worry about. And here at this wedding, something went wrong. They ran out of wine. Well, Jesus performed his first miracle right here. And Jesus honored marriage by performing this first miracle at a wedding. It was a private one. In fact, it wasn't a public miracle, it was private. Uh, perhaps... Only Jesus, his mother, and those disciples knew about it. And yet we find that this is the first of 35 recorded miracles in the Word of God. Now, let me just park here and tell you. What our world needs today is not a revolution, not just a revival... Folks, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. We need a holy God to do something only God can do. We need a miracle of restoration. We need a miracle, in the words of my sermon, the power of transformation. Now, these sign miracles that Jesus did, everyone points to Jesus being the Son of God. I want you to look at John chapter 1, verse 14. John 1, verse 14. The Bible says, And the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Anytime Jesus does a miracle... It's always followed by grace, God's unmerited favor, and by the truth that He is the Son of God. So, in this miracle in John 2, verses 1 through 11, we find that Jesus is concerned with everyday problems, everyday life, everyday situations. 
I want to share with you three things that I find in this story. Number one, we see Christ's participation in the events of life. Verses 1 and 2 talk about Jesus showing up at this wedding. In fact, in verse number 1, it says, On the third day, that probably was three days after calling those first disciples. Matthew Henry makes a comment about that. Matthew Henry says, Jesus never lost a day and never lost a moment. Aren't you glad that He always shows up on time? I tell you, I'm I'm not a patient person. Um, I got about that much patience on a good day. Me and Dr. Estep got that in common, all right? I don't have a lot of patience. And, and sometimes I want to say, Lord, hurry up. Lord, aren't you going to do something? But he is always on time. Parties, joyful events, he's there. You know, John the Baptist came preaching repentance and preaching that hard message, but... Here's Jesus just showing love in a tangible way. Well, I find his participation. Look at the circumstances. A wedding in Cana. In those days, a wedding could be celebrated for one week. Who was getting married? Well, again, Matthew Henry says, probably someone akin to Jesus. Who was the wedding director? I'll tell you who was. Mary was. That's why she was so upset when they ran out of wine. You know, uh, wedding directors, they sweat the details. You know, preachers, we we go to a wedding and, and, you know, it's one of those times where we just say, okay, tell me what to do. And so the wedding director, you know, she's got tape around, says, you know, stand here. No, move a little bit to the right, move a little bit to the left. And, and, you know, wedding directors, they know exactly how that wedding is to go. Mary knew. And so we find that Mary, of course, is concerned because they ran out of wine. Verse number 2 says in both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. You know, Jesus shows up when he's invited. He never goes anywhere without an invitation. Jesus never comes into a sinner's heart unless he's invited. Jesus never comes into a church unless he's invited. Jesus never comes into a home unless He's invited. Folks, Jesus will never come into your school or business unless He's invited. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Oh, it's a wonderful thing when Jesus shows up in your life. But He only comes at the invitation that you give. 
participation. In this miracle we find that Jesus wants to participate in every single event in your life. Man, if you're buying a house, He wants to be a part of that. If you're buying a car, He wants to be a part of that. If you're joining a church, He wants to be a part of that. If you're singing in the choir, He wants to be a part of that. Every part of your life. All right, I've got to move on. Number two. Number two. We also see in this miracle Christ's power in the events of life. Boy, He has power. We find in verse number three, the problem is described. We ran out of wine. And boy, if I'd have been there, I'd have said, well, let's just drink Kool-Aid. Let's have Diet Coke. Let's, let's just drink water. But yet, this would have been an embarrassment to Mary. It was a thing of honor to make sure that everything was done just right. Well, we find a procedure in verses 3 through 5. Now, you may not remember anything else I say today, but I want you to get these next two things. Mary did two things right. In this problem, number one, she went to Jesus. Ah, oh, listen to me. She went to the right person. She went to the Lord. And number two, she said, follow His commands in verse number five. Whatever you're going through in your life, whatever problem you've got, you've got to get to the Lord. And after you get to the Lord, you've got to be obedient and do exactly what He tells you to do. I tell you the great enemy of the Christian life is halfness. Oh, we want to go halfway and we want to be fully satisfied. Well, we've got to go all the way. We've got to be all in. Verses 9 and 10. Let me read those for us. When the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. The very best wine that day is what Jesus made. And the reason why, I don't care what it is. Whatever Jesus does is always far superior to what man can do. Man, our, our best is nothing compared to what He can do. You need a Red Sea parted, boy, He can do it. You need that quail and manna, He can do it. Well, i gotta, got to move on. Third and last today, we see Christ's provisions in the events of life. Verse 10 and verse 11, 
Let's read verse 11. This beginning of His signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested His glory and His disciples believed in Him. What did Christ provide in this first miracle? Three things. Number one, wine. First of 35 recorded miracles. Number two, a sign. A sign that pointed to Him as the very Son of God. Number three, it manifested His glory. Oh man, church, when God does a miracle, He gives you an open door for a testimony that you can say, well, look what God done. Look what God done. God's people sometimes are quick to pray, but slow to praise. You know, God always does His miracles His way. I think about all the miracles in the Bible. Uh, three guys in a fiery furnace. I'd have sent buckets of water. He sent the fourth man in the fire. John chapter 2, I just sent him to a store to buy something. He created wine out of water. He could have created out of thin air. But he chose to do it his way. Here's the point for you and I. You can pray for a miracle. But you also have to be willing for God to do it his way. When God does it His way, it will always be perfect. Let me close by quoting from the Broadman Commentary. I, I love C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis has a quote in the Broadman Commentary on this story. At Cana, the disciples saw that when Christ intervened, men were surprised by joy. Oh, I've, man, that's just giving me holy ripples this week. Surprised by joy. I don't know how many times in my Christian life God surprised me with joy. And when I prayed for a wife, God surprised me with joy. When I prayed for God's direction in my life, God led Pam and I to First Baptist Church. God surprised me with joy. Dr. Estep last week said, can you preach on Sunday? And man, that, that surprised me with joy. In your life today, do you need something transformed? Sin to salvation. Sadness to joy. Despair to determination. Apathy to action, fear to faith. Our Father, I thank you today for your blessed word. Lord, I pray today that you would bless in this time of invitation. Lord, as we come to this time today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move. Lord, there is someone here today, someone here, someone watching by TV. Lord. They need their life transformed. 
God, you are the God who can change lives. Lord, if someone is searching for a church home, may they walk these aisles today and come and join by faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand together.